Welcome to the Shibari Study Podcast. I'm your host, Wicked Ren. On this episode, I chat with my friend, Cam Damage. Cam is a director, a performer, an editor. He has his own podcast. He's amazing. He's one of my best friends. I sound so prolific. And, you know, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> You're so, so welcome. Um, that's what I do. You know, I make everyone look good. Yeah. You are in a general agony enjoyer. Yeah, it used to be in my uh, Instagram info back in the day. It was a- Agony Enthusiast. I know. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. also a Russ Cole fan club. Yep. I may need to bring back the Agony Enthusiast. That was a great one. Yeah, I really like that one. I liked it so much I used it for your intro just yeah. now. That was really good of you. So you kind of love everything, honestly. And Rope's one of your favorite pieces of... Um, pain if you will oh i love i was like love everything in life or in no no there's a lot of life you don't enjoy yeah in terms of in in the agony yes and ecstasy fields yes yes got you you've been into rope for a while and you started on the east coast right yes yes and then you recently moved over the west coast yeah well technically i started in the midwest (laughs) (laughs) if we're really splitting splitting, uh, rope pairs here (laughs) Um, and you talked about you figured out rope on your own and then you found a scene. Yes. That you joined. What were the big differences and like, why did you find a scene? Why do you think it was important to do that? I was shown rope initially by a, uh, a partner, like a now ex partner. Um, and just was like tied a few times and was like, Oh, this is really cool. And then started self tying. Um, and I didn't even know that scenes existed, really. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't introduced to it in a way that was like, oh, and then we go to this party or, oh, these things exist and and we go to them or any of that. I just thought it was a lot of people at home or whatever, like just tying and that a lot of people were like me that were just like, well, I'm just tying myself up, like sitting around in the evening. Yeah. Um, But then circumstances unfolded that I uh moved to Baltimore which at the time was like the rope hub there's a lot going on yeah um for like many reasons and I already had I don't even remember the original question but I'm just gonna keep talking keep going you're doing (laughs) so good I had uh, acquaintances there already via the internet. Um, can, I, can I shout out scene names? Is that yeah, please. Shout outs to uh, Abby Bex and DWL, who are amazing people. Big ups. Big ups. Uh, if you ever had a chance to take one of their classes, you should do it. Anyway, um, I, so I moved to Baltimore and they took me under their rope wings and introduced me to the scene in what I feel like was a very awesome positive and productive way i thought that you were gonna do like a shrimp flops with ebby shrimp flaps i was like she took me under shrimp flops that sounds negative i well a lot of people would be um <laughs> not not thrilled about that description. not thrilled about that yeah. anyway so they opened me up to the the entire there is a scene there's these play parties that happen and they're like heavily rope based there's so much more to it than than what people think would be a play party thing or whatever, even though I had no idea what they were even yeah to begin with. So when you were being tied by your ex-partner in the beginning, it was just kind of like, this is what we're going to do. And if you don't like it, you really don't have an agency to say like, hey, I don't really like this thing because you don't really know what's going on. Well, when you put it that way, (laughs) 
I, I, although that relationship ended negatively, I wouldn't put it that much of a way. I didn't, I, I knew. Was it because there wasn't that structure of people doing rope around you? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And, and I didn't have any other, like I didn't have safety knowledge. I didn't have anything else like that. Yeah. It was just what she was telling me like whatever. And I trusted her. So it was fine. And I never got like injured or anything. So I was like, it's good, but I don't want to, we're not going to go too into that. Uh (laughs) When did you start to learn to tie? So like pretty much immediately after that partner, what like started to tie me, um, it was before we were partners. She came on a trip to do photo shoots with me and tied me for one or two maybe, and then left me with some pieces of rope. And I was like, sick. Sweet. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then that started the obsession of, I, I self-tied like every day for like years. That was my next question. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that I, I started with, you know, the Karada body harness thingy that everyone does. Yeah. The di- whatever diamonds, but then like learned like, a simple Futamomo and little silly chest harnesses and whatever. And just a bunch of like learning tension and stuff on the ground. Um, all the way to the point of like self-suspending before tying other people really at all. Yeah. I, I did a little bit with Brad, but I was really not confident to tie other people ever. <laughs> Absolutely. I had a uh, kiss me deadly doll on yeah. and she's also a big self-suspender. And I asked her how she replicates the agony that someone else can put you into yourself. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, how do you do that? Uh, I think it's like, it's, it's like not the, not really comparable to me. The, t- the way that you feel rope when someone else is tying you versus when you're tying yourself. Um, because when you're self suspending, especially it's, you're only getting to a moment. Like it's all, it's working really hard generally to get to one moment when you get to like lay into it and be like, Oh, Oh, Holy shit. Like I'm, I'm gassed. And then yeah. lay into it and be like, Oh, here's like the hearty part that like makes me feel good and whatever. But then you have to get your ass back up. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, to, and like, get out of it. Do a different position yes. or get out of it. Whereas when someone else is tying you, you can just not worry about any of it yeah. and just be in the, in the like feeling of rope the whole time. And so it's it's much more sporadic in self-tying where you're like, uh. <laughs> and then you met DWL and Abby Bax mm-hmm. and then started getting tied by other people and tying other people and things like that more. Yes. That's still awesome. still not that much tying other people until like the last year or two. Yeah. <laughs> but getting tied by other people, like for sure. At, I think at that, they took me to my first play party ever in Baltimore and I got tied by like two or three different people that night yeah. maybe. Like, Yeah. That's something about COVID that I miss is I miss those little play parties. Yeah. They're really fun. They, I, I did have, they, they were a really good thing at the point in time when I had them in my life. Same. They were really good for that period. Yeah. Yeah. Same with like cons and stuff. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I, I, I could maybe go to a party now still, but I don't think I want to go to a rope con ever again. I think a lot of the stuff that I didn't like about rope cons is it's, you kind of go in the rope room and just jerk off in front of everyone, you know, yeah. and you just kind of show them how amazing you are and whatever. Obviously, there's exceptions um, to that, but 
it felt like that was kind of what was happening for yeah. like me at least. And I was like, this isn't, this is self-serving. I felt very inauthentic when yes. I was, a, I got to the level of teaching. I was like, who am I to, yeah. why, why am I doing this? And like, wh- what is, why am I in this position even? Like, I just want to go tie at home. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we've talked about something that is wild and it's how much rope has taken over parts of our lives at periods. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't want to cut your hair forever yeah. because you wanted to be able to do hair rope. Yep. And then both of us getting tattooed, we, I would put those plans on hold. Yep. I put massive surgeries on hold for rope. Yep. <laughs> These crazy things. Um, it's just wild how that can take over yeah. your life. Literally, I, I've said this to you before and I've said it online. I've I've I halted transitioning essentially. Yeah. Because of rope. Because I like wouldn't cut my hair. I wouldn't even think about getting top surgery because it meant I couldn't be in a TK for however long. Uh, like the hair was honestly one of the biggest ones because the hair yeah. is what started my whole like physical trans journey. Yes. Uh, and I, I thought in rope bottoming like, well, you have to have long hair. You have to do hair rope. Yeah. You have to look beautiful in these shapes. And that means having having that and like there's no other way about it, which, of course, is not true. And we all know that's yeah. not true. But it's these things we internalize in terms of being a rope bottom and having to fit into certain boxes and being like unworthy or not beautiful. If you're not like I like honestly, like small, thin girl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> is, what it, is what it is. So <laughs> I was recently in a class and the instructor was tying a guy and his arms didn't come together in a strapado. And the instructor was like, this is a very difficult bottom to tie. And I think that's such a bad way of looking at it because the default is tying thin sex women. Yes. And when you don't fit that mold, you're difficult. And how many people do? That's the thing is that they don't. Yes. Um, Fuoco was on recently. Yeah. This is just me talking about all the past podcasts I've done with you. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but with, but she, she said, um, that harnesses are taught to rigors in order to give the most success. And I think that that's wild because that's honestly what it is. It has nothing to do with the rope bottom. Yes. And she said, she's like, hopes that there's a point in time where we look at the arms and say, if the arms do this. This is how they should be tied. Yeah. Which is amazing. And this is how I can alter a thing to, yeah. to a different body shape because there is no. That's the thing. Sample size. Like there. Yeah. Yeah. And and when I got into doing rope, I had a lot of issues with TKs. I still do. Strapato is miserable for me. There's just a bunch of stuff that sucks for me. Yeah. And I always had my metric of success on if I could sustain it. Yes. And that's not what it is. No. It should it shouldn't be. No, not at all. I mean, it's not supposed to be if if you're doing rope, the odds are you enjoy pain. And certain yeah. certainly there are ways to do rope where it is not pain focused. Uh, but I think for the most part, that's why a lot of us do it. Or endurance pain or whatever type of pain. Um but there's a difference between getting your arms thrown into a strapado as tight as possible and your fingers going numb before you even get off the ground. Yes. Pain. And I'm actually suffering in a thing that I is meant to and not harmful to my body necessarily. Yes. And that's a lot of it is really harmful to your bodies and the things that we're doing. I think because of how 
I don't mean to put the onus all on riggers because, but like it, it, it is a lot of like riggers who lose sight of the fact that bottoms are people. Yeah. With like different bodies and capabilities and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And we're not just people that are, are rope receptacles. Yeah. You know, models, quote unquote. Yeah. That's always been goofy to me. You know, I like even less rope bunny. Yeah, I agree. I don't love it. Some people really like it. So I'm like, you do you. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like it has a little bit of like this, like a fantasization to it. Yeah, right. It does. It feels like it takes agency away from you even just by saying the name. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's like you're a rope topper rigger. Yeah. And I'm a I'm a bunny. I'm a bunny. Yeah. (laughs) Just here to be caught. Caught and strung up. Catch me. Um, well, that's when we get into primal prey territory, you know? Oh, my God. Well, this is the Shabari Study Podcast. It's not the primalprey.com. <laughs> it's not the BDSM test podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am 100% rope top. 100% submissive. Yes. Um. So with education and learning, have you seen online education change in, in rope? And has online education helped you? I feel like it has changed since I started just because it wasn't impossible to find um, education stuff online when I was like first starting to tie, but the sites weren't the most like approachable. Yeah. Like consumable, whatever, however you want to word it. And it wasn't always the type of rope that you'd want to do. Like it, like it wasn't like Japanese style shibari or whatever. Yeah. It'd be like very ornamental decorative Yes. Like whatever um, type of people. And I don't need to know how to tie a pentagram chest harness. Yeah. Like I don't, it's cute, whatever. But, uh, and I know there's other ones besides Shibari study that existed before, but I mean, I'm not trying to like blow smoke up Shibari study's ass here, but they were like one of, they were one of the ones that were like, damn, they really like nailed this online education thing. And to be clear, this is the place to blow smoke up their ass because they're paying for this. (laughs) So it's good. So you should. (laughs) Um, no, but it's true though. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. Do you have another? I don't want to. When I was like shooting from different angles, like showcasing yes. things, like I learned all the fundamentals yeah. from Shabari study. Essentially, yeah, it's and, amazing. And how they put, how they stress safety. Yes, the models and riggers that are all different genders, body types. Yes, not just white people. Yes. That's cool. We love that. Yeah. Love to see it. <laughs> they're, they're very diverse, which is awesome. And it doesn't feel like it's like pandering or tokenizing. Yeah. It's just fucking people doing rope of all different like types. The thing that I like about it is I think it supplements real in-person education. Yes. Agreed. Because if you go in and you're just trying to keep up with learning the pattern of the TK in a class or something like that, which I think is a bit of a problem in teaching in general. But if you learn the basics and know ATK from Shabari study, or, you know, some of the different, you know, how to tie a different single column other than just a Somerville or something. That's really helpful and empowers you to go into a class and learn more. Yeah. I I do think that it's hard because it's not the most accessible quote unquote hobby to do. Um, But it is something that needs to be learned. Yeah. Both in person and like, yeah. Like uh, in person where the teacher's in person and you practice on your own as well. So like I would never like I personally wouldn't say that someone should learn suspension just off of online videos. Yeah. That feels sketchy to me. That's my risk profile. I'm sure there's people that do and it's totally fine. 
Yeah, well, I don't look at it as a thing where you're only learning how to suspend someone from an online video. I look at it as you're listening to people that know what the, they're talking about. You're maybe doing it with a backpack on mm -hmm. a hard point in your house. That's what we would hope. Yeah. Because then, then, yes, absolutely. That sounds good. And then you're going out and getting in-person instruction. Yes, yeah. Like that. That's that's what I... That is what you yeah. hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, but being very eager in the beginning, it's difficult yeah. to not do that. I know for, for me in the beginning, when I first started suspending people, poor Brad for one thing. Um, but I had a friend yeah. sardonic, uh, who was one of the first people to tie me in Baltimore also. And he's awesome. Uh, look at pictures that I posted on like Tumblr or something of me quote unquote suspending Brad. And he was like, Hey, I'd love to show you some things. And he and he was like so nice, yeah. And was basically like, "You're gonna hurt someone. Here's how you really do this." Yeah. And like taught me stuff, and that and I like am so grateful to this day that he felt that he could interject in my little wrapped up in like excited about rope world. Yeah. Because who fucking knows what I would have done, <laughs> like what bad habits I would have like gone with if he hadn't been like, "Hey, actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah." I was really lucky to have people be like. This is how you do something. Yeah. You know, and I totally did things I shouldn't have done. And mm -hmm. I look back at those times and like, I cannot believe that I put myself and someone else in that situation. Yeah. Or that I bottomed for things where I trusted oh, totally. the person and look at those pictures and I'm like, holy hell. Whew. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about gender and rope. Mm -hmm. You took a break from rope for a bit. Yes. And have you come back after you started transitioning? And I think it's hard to say if it was like taking a break or reevaluating. I guess it was just both, whatever. It was definitely a step back to reevaluate what I was doing with rope and what I wanted from it. And now I am coming back to it, but very selectively, I would say. Um, because I feel like before I, I stopped doing rope for myself, like I, I, I was doing rope to get, not always, there were some people I tied with that it was like a genuine fun, like this is how we express ourselves to each other and like whatever. Um, I'm like, hey, kiss me deadly. Anyway. <laughs> Just say kiss me deadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, she's the best. <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, and Leaf like too. She, she's not. She's not the only one. I would love to tie with Leaf also. Anyway, I can set it up. But yeah, you know. <laughs> I know. You know, you know what they? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know what they. <laughs> um, but uh, going back to that, I wasn't. I was doing rope for like, uh, pretty pictures on Instagram. Um, how how terrible of a position can I get myself in and survive it? I uh, wanting to tie with people that were like. Not like trading cards, but being like, yeah, oh, it's a dream to tie with this person or da, ba, ba, and like, what's the next con I'm going to and what's the next rope event? And it was just like taking over my life in a way where I didn't it wasn't healthy. And I was also physically injuring myself and have I still have injuries from it. Yeah. Um, and then transitioning kind of made me realize like, oh, I was not I was not my life was like in limbo because I was paying so much attention to rope and I wasn't doing things that I really wanted to do with like other parts of my life. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. So it's been what has it been like two years? It's been like two years. Yeah. Um 
something that I haven't been able to replace because I've also taken a little break mm-hmm. from rope is that feeling of I survived this. Yeah. I climbed the mountain. Now I get the treat because mm-hmm. I think we're both very much people that want to do the activity, suffer, and then get the reward afterwards. Yeah. And it's hard to replicate that. Yes. I, I honestly can't. Uh, it's other kink things don't compare in the same way to yeah. to the feeling that rope is, which sucks because I do like other kink things. Like I love doing impact. Yeah. But there's, it's, there's something so only rope about the like journey yes. through it and the like intense prolonged suffering and, and then coming down whatever and the feeling after. And yeah, it's not, I don't know. It's kind of, that's like the one big bummer for me is I do miss that shit. Yeah. I can't get it from like a hike. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've tried different bummer there, but also it's, it's accepting that I'll still get to do those things. It'll just be m- much less in number because I'm so selective about who I want to do it with now. Yeah. And I won't be harming my body and covered in like rope scars Yes. anymore so like there's like give and take with it in my opinion i don't yeah. know so um what's next for you what do you got going on tell me about the things you got going on don't laugh at me what do you got going on you know i'm start- got this new co- podcast called the corn corner nice it's pretty great uh not a lot of rope based stuff going on there but there is silk on corn ears <laughs> and i think if someone tried hard enough they could uh they could, you know, yeah. make a little uh, husk rope, possibly, or something like that. I understand. Uh, uh, Kink-wise, going to Folsom this weekend. Nice. Maybe do some rope there. Nice. Definitely do some other kink things. I don't know. I don't think that far ahead in life. Yeah, you really are kind of in the moment. Yeah. We're, we're month to month here. You are uh, you have a lot of plates spinning, and then every day you just wake up and keep them spinning. Yep. I'm tired. I <laughs> Well, you did get some sleep pills recently. I slept last night more than I have in, in like weeks. That's amazing. It was great. This is losing context for our viewers, but last night we just got back from the airport. We had a sleepover situation. Yeah. yeah. And actually I slept super hard too. Yeah, it was great. This is a great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> slept on a mattress on the floor. It was good. Hey, it's a good I actually mattress. love it. I really yeah. love it. Anyway. I'm- anyway. Well, thank you so much for being on the Shabari Study Podcast. And I look forward to having you on the Shabari State podcast again. So, so likewise. <laughs> <laughs>